0: I see a red light. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Spent the Rent podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is Sam Whartonby, a.k.a. Sammy Warm Hands. Sam, welcome to the show. You're going to out me like that, use my real name and shit. Right, right. Uh, the, the cat's out of the bag. So uh. this, is, this is really cool. I've been trying to do this for a long time, been trying to get you on for an interview. And uh, I could hide this this fact but you literally reached out to me 10 minutes ago and you're like let's do it right now (laughs) so so this is really cool to have you we've got a lot to talk about you are a busy busy man in the creative world uh you know doing all kinds of different genres of music and and it's really cool to have you on as a guest thanks man glad to be here so let's just start off with uh what you're the most known for is your hip-hop work i would believe uh under the name sammy warm hands and your website, which is going to be in the show notes, all of this information will be in the show notes, is take92.com. So take92 kind of encompasses it all. It's like your record label, your creative label. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, take92 started in 2005 as my recording studio, and uh, over the years, I realized that you know I was not only producing the music and and mixing and mastering, but it's like I'm doing the art direction i'm doing the photography i'm doing the music videos i'm doing the pr like uh, this is a label you know and so it didn't take long before i i kind of rebranded it as that and um you know whether i'm putting out my stuff or or a a friend of mine or whatever you know it's all been under take 92 since 2005.
0: yeah it's cool i mean and you really do have a plethora of different genres. So I want to start really far back in the beginning. I think in off off air you had told me 1998 was when you started making punk rock music.
1: Yeah, I've done a few years of like talent shows and and just little stuff here and there as a child. You know, from like third grade, fourth grade, um, and then uh, started my first real band though in '98, and we we played punk and hardcore until 2007, I think is when we broke up. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was, we started as EPD. We had a lot of different names in the beginning. And then that was Eugene punk department. Cause you know, we were children. Nice. <laughs> and, and then uh, eventually that turned into this day's end and it became a, a lot more like progressive and hardcore elements kind of fused in there. And that's, that's when we kind of got big. Um, and uh yeah it it was really like my my first true love kind of you know like it it was it was the it it was the way that i learned how all of this works
0: you know right now when you say big you've been able to tour the country were you doing that with the punk bands or is that more kind of came after with hip-hop
1: that was sort of why we broke up um the first band you know i had uh put this, I mean, we, we made this record we were really proud of. And, you know, to this day, it's, you know, it's probably in my top five, at least in my top 10 records I've ever made, which uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I, it's a long list. So, it, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, we had put a year's worth of effort into writing these songs, going up and, and with our producer in Seattle and doing uh, a week of demos we demoed the whole record and uh we came back and you know we were doing it right you know like a real you know like a major label band would do or like you go do your pre-production you take your notes you go back in the rehearsal room and you and fine tune it you know and uh with that this day's end record we were we were doing it and and then we all go up to seattle to make it and uh to make the record and you know i'm sleeping on the floor of the studio for six weeks while we're doing this and um you know the guys basically as soon as each of their parts were done they just left and all of a sudden i was just there alone and we had planned like when the record drops we're gonna hit the road you know we played all these shows like we could headline wow hall you know we were getting like 300 plus heads at all of our shows man and and then when i got home and the record's being mastered Everyone had like moved out of their houses, you know, we're 19 years old and they've got girlfriends and other priorities or whatever. And I was like, you guys ready to hit the road? And like, "Mm, I don't know, I got this new apartment, I got rent, I got this side job. And I'm like, really? And so I kind of bailed. (laughs) And I was like, no, I need to be moving forward. Which is, so was, I
0: mean, it's a natural progression into hip-hop when you want to do solo solo work you know and i've i can relate to that because i i started making music just really for fun in hip-hop but i've always kind of done it my own way but we had a crew with uncle nancy called the anti-dope me uncle nancy and billy d which is three people that should not make hip-hop music which was why <laughs> which is why it was fun yeah but after a couple years of doing that i can relate because it was like I kind of was getting away from wanting to do on their schedule. So I'm sure that that's kind of what it comes down to. It's like, Oh, I want to do it, but not right now. And, and then it just inspires you to go your own way. So how did the hip hop begin? I mean, was it uh, kind of, for me was, I just had, I wanted to get into making punk rock music, but unlike you who does have a talent playing music, playing bass, playing guitar, recording, I'm not a musician. I'm self-taught yeah. and I'm a, I'm a button masher. And so for me, it was natural to do it in a kind of a more hip hop thing. Cause that's kind of more accepted mm-hmm. uh, where you can use loops and that kind of thing. But uh, how did that progression for you start, where you kind of transitioned into doing a little bit more hip hop work? Did you just have the ciphers with the friends and then you're kind of like, I'll jump in on this. I'm a good writer. Uh,
1: it, it was never, it was never a cipher thing. Um, I'm not a partier. I'm not a, a freestyler. You know, it was never that. Um, it was, Basically, in high school, you know, as the band is starting to to do well, I'm also discovering underground rap for the first time. And so that is, you know, I'd always been obsessed with the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and stuff, but now I'm getting like hieroglyphics and idea and abilities, atmosphere, Sage Francis. You start to hear people talking about different shit than what you hear on major records. And at, at that point, like when I hear Sage Francis say I'm, I'm driving... Uh, or I, I go to Fugazi shows requesting minor threat songs, right. you know, their ideas saying like, I don't drink alcohol, don't go to the mall, all these things. And I was like, man, these guys are like, these guys are, are like punk rockers, you know, like it's we're singing. Punk this rock, punk.
0: Right. Sage yeah, like, is doing a song with bad religion, you know, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I started to really see the cross section of, of content. And so uh, at my school, we had th- this, this thing called hip hop club, it was like North Eugene Hip Hop Club, and uh, I joined it, and you know we'd be uh, making mixtapes and hanging out and whatever, and 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 just kind of discovering music. And these dudes from the hip hop club wanted to make a record. They had a a group, and they were mostly just rapping over stolen beats for the most part. But they didn't know anybody who actually made records, uh, like put a CD out, except me and my band. And so um they came to me and I took them to the studio that I normally work with uh and my engineer Eric Munch and and I sort of co-produced their record. That was my first time producing for anybody else and I uh I rapped on uh no, I think I pl- I played music on a couple songs but I I rapped two verses on one and that was that was really the beginning of it. And from then I was bugging my friends like Yo, what if we had a side project? What if we did this? You know, and like nobody was, was doing it. And so it wasn't until years later, um, I worked it. I give very long answers. Have you noticed?
0: Know, this is a podcast. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm working
1: a job years later in 2007. And um, I, my, my band is broken up. I had started Dead Fucking Serious, my punk band that I'm still in. And, uh, that wasn't going great either. I was like, man, you know what we need to like, fuck, fuck this like heavy breakdown, tough guy shit. Like we don't want to play with those bands. Let's, let's play some fast straight up old school, hardcore, you know, real punk rock shit. And I was like, I bet this will be a breath of fresh air. People will be waiting for this. They were not, they did not, nobody liked it. And so I'm really bummed. I'm in a bad place in my life and I'm listening to nothing but fucking, ice cube and immortal technique and you know just tupac just angry rap shit and i start making beats and kind of out of necessity and and then uh, uh i get some from a couple friends of mine and then i put together this album called 99 years and it's just me like going off on some gangster rap satire shit sure um Like I'm flipping N.W.A. lyrics and Ice T shit, and you know, just it's it was pure shock value to be as nasty as I could, as to make myself laugh. And I didn't, I didn't make it with the intent for anyone to hear it. But then when we finished, or when I finished it, my my friend who had made a lot of the beats, he's like, "Wait, you're not putting this out?" I'm like, "Fuck no, I don't want anybody to hear this shit." You know, it's just like fucking the the worst worst language you know line pushing edgelord shit that i could come up with and and he's like well what if i mix and master it you know for free would you would you put it out then I'm like fine and so i made this cd and i, I pressed them and i just gave them away for free at dfs shows and uh i had so many more people come up to me about that than the shit i was actually
0: selling it makes like what you're passionate about more popular it's so funny how that works
1: no i was furious <clears throat> I, I was like you fucking like this this is terrible like this is not music Th- this yeah. is me going home and like talking about running over people who you know s- starting fights at our shows and you know like this I- i've got like sound effects of me fucking shooting people like the mr appliance guy you yeah. know I like I, it's just this is nonsense how why do you like this and and they're quoting my bars to me i'm like are you fucking serious like i, I put my heart in the band and you like this stupid shit and uh, so one track on that record and this is the real origin right here one track was um the beat was from web the free range human and it, his name is Gabe Morley he was from yab and rye wolves and uh, all these metal bands and we had both been totally burned out on bands and we're like, fuck it. It's over. I'm just making what I want to make for myself. You know, I'm done trying to please people. Right. And he had done one song on that record. And we had this conversation one day about, uh, you're wearing a Batman shirt. I'm in, this is my, the studio has really turned into some Batman shit in here. If I, you know, I don't know if you can see, like, the
0: room is insane. Insanely Batman. Um, and we're going to get to that in a bit about yeah. the, that podcast but, where you've gone all in with it. But, yeah. yeah. So I, so I asked him, um,
1: he's got this Frank Miller Batman tattoo, and I said, have you ever sampled and made a beat out of the Danny Elfman theme song? And right. he's like, oh, I would love to, you know, because we were always talking beasties and public enemy and, like, sample-heavy shit. And I was like, all right, well, I have it. And so I brought the CD. I got it on my lunch break and I gave it to him. And he, uh, I had the late shift. So he goes home at five o'clock. He comes back at seven before we close. And he gives me a CDR. He's like, yo, check it out. He already made a beat. Nice. put it on in the warehouse, crank it up. And it's like Paul's Boutique meets Tim Burton. I'm like, this is the shit. And we looked at each other and we're like, did we just start a group? And so to this day, me and him um, have cranked out so much music together. And um, I love that dude with all my heart. And, and that was The Illusionist. And right. The Illusionist uh, ran from, from 2008. Um, we, we wrote 20 songs in two months, maybe a month. Yeah. And we released 18 of them on our first record that year. But yeah, we, we, uh, that was the group that got me touring. That was the group that, that, that changed my life and my whole trajectory into hip hop.
0: So, right. And then you get validated by a lot of the MCs that you admire, you know, where they're starting to want to record songs with you. I know you reach out, you've recorded songs with an amazing amount of talented, talented underground artists. Yeah. You know, And I mean, what's the most, uh, it's kind of hard to start listing because you don't want to throw, you don't want to leave anybody out, but who's, who's the first that comes to mind that was just an honor for you to work with?
1: Well, I mean, really what started all that was in the illusionist because it was, it was very much, um, long story short, I'm bad at that long story short. We played with idea and abilities and that was the first time you know in in this day's end we had opened for all these great bands you know but with the rap shit we were just fucking around and so and so that was the first chance of opening for somebody that we really loved for a long time and um so today i'm on crush kill recordings that's ideas label that he started and um you know meeting them uh web made a whole remix uh, album for them that i was featured on and that was like my first Time really, um, you know, getting to work on something that I just couldn't believe I was a part of, you know, yourself and,
0: kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and, and from there, uh, I just started to um, meet so many people as we toured and traveled, and make more records. And um, I think the one that really kicked off me getting a lot of regular like features, though, was Blueprint from rhyme sayers. Right. Um, because we had, uh, we had met at a few shows and I did a, uh, uh I did a mixtape and, um, I just had to crank out a few stolen beats. Uh, I called it one take lunch break. Cause I would literally drive home on an hour long break. It'd take me 10 minutes to get here. I would drive home. I would write a verse, record it. Like, sight unseen wow. um and then drive back to work and uh you know eat in the car um and i recorded a song every day for a week and so i put that out and um i think it was like the third time i went to a blueprint show i was like hey i rapped over one of your tracks like check this out and after that anytime i go to see him um he would be like yo it's sammy and gabe or, and, and Webb you know like what's up guys and you know, he he knew us and he was real friendly. And um we had him on our Death of a Salesman album by the Illusionist. That was like our final like proper album, is the fifth or sixth one, and and we were really starting to to build something. And that that fucking song came out so good, because he really got what we were going for. And we I that was another thing I learned from working with local rappers too that you gotta choose if you want to work with someone. You have to then wait for the right content for that person to really shine. Sure. You know, because I did some that were okay, um, or some where people passed. Um, but after that track with print, um, it was really like, oh man, like this, this is really, really exciting because I am a, uh, I'm a collector. Uh, and, and, and these guys have been part of my life through my record collection for years, right? And so, you know, that leads to, uh, you know, the next show and the next opportunity and the next collab. And so it's like, if I play a show with somebody like Mike and Nine from the Freestyle Fellowship, and uh, it was a great turnout, I booked and promoted the show, and... I remember being on stage doing this double time track and Mike and nine is having a conversation in the back of the room. And I see him cause I'm like, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. You know, cause he's a fucking legend right there. And he puts his finger up, like, hold on a second to the guy he was talking to and he walks through the crowd to the front of the stage at lucky's and i'm like oh my god don't fuck up don't fuck up and i'm just rapping my ass off and he starts leaning in and listening and vibing and you know he's just like uh egging me on and you know I that made my day but then i was like man if he really cares the next time i played with him uh he came up to me and and talked to me about my set again and i was like hey man like can I get your phone number? Can we work something out? You know?
0: Yeah. And
1: all it was, it was me just going like, I'm not cold calling people I never met. Um, But if you, you know, have
0: that in, if you have that green light, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to exactly. die. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it's like, if, you know, you get to play a show opening for Fashion. Um, you know, it's like, we are widely different styles, but like, I think I got a track, man, that'd be really good. You know, can we talk about that? And like, yeah, sure. And so, it has been really great to again, these people who've been in my record collection all these years and and I really respect them and they've been the ones to inspire me to make these records. That's the key. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the shit I'm listening to when I'm writing, you know. That you're inspired it, by Blueprint and Flash On and Micah Nine. So like to actually do that and then have them be on my records and have some permanence to that moment that that's that's great. It's history, you know?
0: And that's the cool thing with all your experience in punk rock music. And then I want to talk in a little bit about even how you've done kind of even different genres of music, kind of like a softer acoustic you know, style song. I think that in hip hop, the artists that you've been able to work with and and have been inspired by, the reason that they respected your work is because of your originality. It's because that you do it your own way. There's not an artificial bone in your body. You know, it's like, this is, <laughs> this is who I am. And i think people like that because though you might i'm the same way where i'll listen to someone's music and i'll be inspired by it but i'm not copying it you know it's because it's just you make yeah. it your own. you're you, it, you have this uh amalgamation of, of everything you know and it all comes together and creates something cool so we talk- one, go ahead
1: about, i i just have to touch on that is that a lot of people a lot of musicians you know they'll be like oh yeah i wake up every morning and uh you know i have my breakfast at the piano and i you know work out uh you know something for the day or like yeah i start a beat every morning when i get up you know like i am not that person i am you know as a lyricist um you know well hey coming back to the first band something i didn't realize at the time that i realized through rapping was that i was the lead songwriter i was always writing lyrics writing music writing arrangements and so therefore i was the lead singer i shouldn't have been the lead singer cross was a better lead singer i should have been writing the songs and let him sing uh, yeah. them right but i'm the lyricist and so i'm always uh, uh uh thinking in those terms and now that i flashed back within the flashback i forgot what the fuck i was talking about but
0: um <laughs> It's all good about being original, about kind of how everything comes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
1: so, and so when I do write, though, it's not that um, I am trying to do a writing exercise necessarily, unless it's one take lunch break or, or, you know, something random like that. Mostly, I only write when I feel like it's bursting at the seams. I got to get it off my chest. Right. Um, it just comes to
0: you at random times, you know,
1: it's not. Yeah, it's not homework. It's like, I, I think when people hear my shit, they can tell there's like a there's a passion in it. That's not just some phony attitude, but it's actually like a uh, like I had to say that. <laughs> right. You know, that, that's how I write.
0: Yeah, and I think by doing those one take lunch breaks and things like that, that are kind of exercises, nice that are kind of that it pushes you to become a better writer. And so by doing all the different genres too, you learn things that work and things that don't, and it it definitely broadens your your skill set. So we talked about the punk rock, we talked about the hip hop. Uh, you did a song called "Other Desert Cities" about your cousin that was really powerful. And one of the things you're not only making music, but you make really good videos, and this video was really just clip art with letters, words, you know, if, if I remember right. But it's, yeah. it's really powerful because you're reading the lyrics on the screen. And you can tell us a little bit about that story. So about other desert cities. Yeah,
1: um, that that one's complicated. I'll, I'll mention the video because uh, you brought that up. Um, Adam Dunn is a, a, a video visual artist that um, comes out of, minneapolis i have a lot of um friends i work with in minneapolis because that's where crush kill is based and so i've met a lot of people there and he just does extraordinary work he's done a number of the animated lyric videos for me so so that's all he's doing as for the song itself um you know i have uh in the beginning again it was very like rough raw just um jokes and shock value and over time i started to realize the limitless potential of this art form for real storytelling and shit that that really is 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 deep in me and so that was one of those moments where um i was uh i was scheduled to leave for tour um and it was a very very important tour it was we it was me carnage the executioner and dj abilities and we were out performing at screenings of the world has no idea and so we were out there and for the first time bringing this to clubs and theaters for fans to see you know this film that we were part of that's a tribute to you know, our friend, our idol, our mentor right. idea. Very, very important moment. And, you know, obviously a big opportunity for me as well, because those were and still are the biggest shows that I've ever played on a tour. You know, I don't sell out every night, I sell out fucking never. And so th- those shows were great. And, um, the the night before that um i found out that uh my cousin his son hayden was 13 and he had committed suicide and um this was late at night and i i called and i woke up my parents and i drove over to their house and you know we um we didn't know what to do uh but we went we went to see my cousin uh jason um you know uh Hayden's dad and just and just be with him and 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 talk and so we we talked through the whole night you know and when we were getting ready to leave i said something about canceling the t- you know like yeah i'm sure i'm canceling the tour like what you know what do you guys need how can i how can i be here for you and they were like what what no out of here like you're going you're right. doing it this is important. You are going, I'm like, yeah, but this is life and death. You know, this is family. What are you talking about? And they're like, I mean, honestly, what's done is done. You go out there and, you know, let's do something positive right now. Being sad isn't going to do anything about it. And so I had a two day drive to Phoenix, which was our first show. And I, I was alone. And on the the first day, I drove and I stayed with my friend, my booking agent, skeptic, in the Bay Area. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this shit. And we had a good talk. Just the whole tour
0: you're talking about. You're like, I don't know if I can do this.
1: Like, how? What? What kind of headspace am I in right now to perform? You know, because you know, with the tour, I rehearse my set weeks in advance. It's all dialed in. Everything is exactly perfect. You know, uh, uh, timing. You know song choices all of that shit sequencing it's all dialed in and and, uh, ironed out and so i'm like what how the fuck am i i don't even know you know i felt like i needed to start from the ground up or something and um it was already a little more of a personal set because you know it's it's the idea tribute you know kind of memorial tour and so i had a i had an acoustic Break in the middle where I uh, covered one of his songs. And on the second day, when I was driving, there's that nothingness between LA and Phoenix. And one of the exit signs, you know, you see like all the windmills generating the power. Right. Uh, one of the exit signs said, Other Desert Cities. And as I passed that, um, words started coming and i couldn't write anything down so i use my voice recorder and i record like two lines at a time um and so the the rhyme begins with i drive by windmills and wonder how it feels when you know and um and i'm narrating this this drive as i'm trying to figure out like what the fuck is life what am i supposed to do
0: do go from here yeah what
1: happened you know where the family just gets a big gut punch you know and 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 so i wrote this verse and i read it off my phone on stage that night um and um and it was really really hard and and somebody got it on tape um oh carnage had a video guy on that tour his name was andy and he He gave me the video of it and i was like damn this is heavy and like the crowd was amazing like it couldn't have been at a better type of event you know they were so full of love and they were vulnerable after watching the film
0: yeah yeah yeah.
1: and and it it was it was i mean people in the crowd are crying i'm crying you know i'm walking off stage and strangers are hugging me and you know i go to the merch table and like for the rest of the night people will come up and they'll be like oh man that song hit me because my dad committed suicide. Right. Let me tell you this story, and I was like, oh my god and, and, and so like all night i 'm having these talks, and the next night and the night after that and now i 'm off i 'm off script you know i 'm not reading it, and i 'm performing it every night, and people keep coming up to me and 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 um you know we just have these amazing conversations and and they 're sharing so much and And it was like, wow! I could have never got this thing at home, just being sad. And so, I, when I got home, I um, organized um, his funeral, and you know the the photo, the slideshow, and all that stuff that you do. And um, I, I wrote another verse and uh and so the first verse was very much in that moment kind of processing and the second verse is how that experience um helped me get through it and how all those strangers really like yeah. uh gave me you know some strength in that moment and i recorded that song with uh danny g um from uh double dragon and he, I, I gave him this Nick Drake song. I don't know if you know him. He's a folk singer from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him this song to sample. They have these really melancholy strings and, and we just had a really simple beat that he made for me. And I recorded that. And I, uh, I asked the, I asked the family, I sent a group message and I was like, Hey, I, because I got a lot of feedback when I post a video of me performing it, the 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 first verse of it at the shows Acapella, and I I told them I was like, hey, I am recording this for my album, um, I I want to make a proper video with the lyrics and everything that we can um, share. Uh, I think it was on his birthday because it was coming up. And so the family, everybody like actually kicked in a little bit and to get that video made. Oh, wow. And so that was kind of like a, just a love letter from everybody. So we all have a thing, um, to share and listen to, um, you know, and, and think of him. And so, yeah, it was,
0: it's a really powerful song and the video is really good. And, you know, I gotta be honest, you do so much stuff that, that, I have so many friends that are talented artists that I don't get to completely immerse myself in all of it, you know, yeah. it's too much. content. And that video, for whatever reason you posted it, or maybe it was a memory that you, cause a lot of times you'll share the memories of it, of it when it was passed. So it might not have even been the year that it had happened, but you had posted it. And I remember I was watching the video on the bus just cause I was catching the bus to work. And that yeah. one just was like, I'm like, wow, this guy's really talented. And again, I can relate to it. It's like the stories, uh, like that, that are so personal when you, when you open up and share that story on stage, people are like, yeah. it's, that's what they'll remember from that show. Even if you're the opening act and they went to see something yeah. that was much bigger and that's, that's, what's really rewarding. So that's really cool. So, yeah, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes to your face or to your YouTube channel Cool. Thank you. That's the one where people should really go. And that song again is called Other Desert Cities and it's about uh, your cousin's son, Hayden Thompson. So we want to give a shout out to Hayden. And then uh, we, you know, there's so much we could talk forever about your music. You've done so much stuff and you will continue to make new music and you've worked with such great local talent in, the, in, in Oregon uh, that there's almost too many people to mention. But I also, because you're on my podcast, I want to give a plug before we get out of here about your podcasts. So the, yeah. t- the Take 92 podcast, and like we had said before, take92.com is your, is your website that encompasses everything. And you had started a podcast where you then interview uh, people in the music world and entertainment, mostly music, but also outside of that and film and different things that you are yeah. – it's crazy i've heard you say it. you're like i can't believe these people say yes i just reach out to them <laughs> and i ask them to do these interviews yeah and like they say yes i mean i saw i think one of the noteworthy ones for me personally was ryan green who is the sound engineer for fat records and that so fat records if nobody is aware and if you're not aware i don't know how we're friends um <laughs> it? yeah is fat records is fat mike's label fat mike is the lead singer from no effects and no effects is my absolute favorite band and i noticed that the very beginning of every video is the same beginning from the decline yes with your music (laughs) and and so there's little homages that's an homage that's not stealing that's a paying homage i guarantee i mean i'm sure that's where you're
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's it's a 2.7 second video that like really quick flashes through all of my music videos with the, our logo over it and i was like oh i know exactly what i'm put on that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: cuz it's it's so iconic for i mean for no effects it's like a freaking cult the, yeah. the people that like no effects they either don't get it or they're like i'm insanely in love with everything they've done even the shit well, and,
1: and for me like that song is big like if you if you do go to my youtube channel um the the song with the most views is my acoustic cover of the decline from like yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. right so, like, I mean, I, I I fucking love that song. Like, it's amazing. It. I
0: got to see them perform it live. I think you were at that show as well. I was. Yeah. So the Take Ninety Two podcast. Tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be, and yeah, uh, you know, that's a huge. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible some of the guests that you've been able to get.
1: I started it, I think, in 2015, and I had always really enjoyed when. We got a record coming out, and you know we call up uh, our friend DL at NRQ, and he had the Sunday night local program on the rock station, and so he would play local bands, and I'd be like, "Hey, we got a new one coming out. Like, you know, c- could we do a segment?" and be like, "Yeah, why don't you come down to the studio?" And uh, then we started doing that at uh, campus radio station, and uh, so whenever we had something come out, you know, i hit up uh, snake Peters over there and he had a hip hop show. It was like 10 to 12 at night or something Friday nights. And uh, yeah, he'd have us on, we interview us and, you know, like me, I just, I never shut the fuck up. I love to talk.
0: Right. Um, I love for a to podcast.
1: Talk, I love to talk music and I'm like, uh, sadly kind of a narcissist. And so I, I just like, I, I, I love this whole little world that I'm a part of. And, you know, one day I was just like, I kind of want to just give this a shot. Like, I always thought, like, I want to do radio or something like that. And I was like, man, I live in a recording studio. Let's just (laughs) do it. And so I had my best friend Crosby over, and and we recorded a a long two-parter where we just bullshitted about music. And I got some feedback, and people liked it. And then very quickly, I think by the third episode, you can hear me starting to become, like, a, a more solid interviewer and as the show went on, you know, now it's up to like 70 I released 71 episodes um and I have I have more on the way mine are spaced out because you know as you know getting guests is difficult and also I have a narrow focus on my show and so if you're not in, you know, punk rock or or underground hip hop or whatever it's I mean and it got to the point where, you know, I drop every two weeks when I'm running uh, a season. But it got to the point where I'd have these gaps in the show. I'm like, fuck! Like, no, no one's coming through on tour that I can have to come interview. And uh, I started bringing my laptop to shows, you know, and we talk in the green room or something. I did I did gift the gab that way. I had cast one like drive around in the van with me, you know. Um, you know, and I tried to get as creative as possible. And then eventually it was like, you know what? I'm just start calling motherfuckers. Yeah. And, and,
0: and so that's starting to get there, you know.
1: That's how I leveled up was, was just going, okay, I've had a lot of great interviews on this show. We've had uh just some excellent conversations, you know, some notable notable names in the underground. I'm like looking at things like, Oh, the 20th anniversary, of the decline is coming up. You mentioned Ryan green. I was like, you know, I, I would love to talk to this dude. I, I follow him on Instagram. Let me hit him up. See if he wants to talk about that. And, and with all of them, you, you can send him a link and be like, Hey, you know, here's the show. Here's some similar guests. You know, what do you think? And just like one leads to another. And, and now I'm strictly a phone interview show and yeah. it's like, awesome because uh i get to talk to people who you know some i've met a couple times like bill stevenson um some i have never really met before like uh trevor riley from a wilhelm scream you know and and we wind up having these awesome conversations never met each other but because i am so thoroughly familiar with their work we still have a basis for you know conversation we have enough common ground that like if they mention some oddball record and the guy who worked on it, I just know all that shit because I've been listening to it my whole life.
0: Cause you're a real fan, yeah. Yeah, and so cool. like
1: we, we we had surprising <laughs> success doing that. Uh, we, me, I don't know. Um, I had uh, surprisingly easy conversations with these people that I, you know, didn't really know. And so I I just started recording a new season. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you that uh, another Epitaph band, uh, formerly Epitaph band, is uh, going to kick off the new season. That's Death by Stereo.
0: So. That's cool. That's pretty exciting. So yeah, the Take 92 podcast, which you can find on every podcast streaming site. One of my yep. favorite things to do is to interview podcast hosts because like you said, there's going to be no shortage of conversation because yeah. we like to hear ourselves talk. You're doing a lot of waiting today, aren't you? It's fine, actually. These, these impromptu episodes have tended to be that way, and I kind of like it because I've been on my podcast for how many hours? It's ridiculous. It's time for other yeah. people to talk. So, uh, another thing—the ba- its impossible not to mention Batman, as you can see. We mentioned it before. I person- purposely, <laughs> I purposely jumped, jumped up. I was sitting on the couch. My girlfriend was watching Gilmore Girls. I was staring at the ceiling, and you said, <laughs> and you Just said. That's a fact. That's a fact. And you said, uh, you messaged me. You're like, Hey, you had talked to me about doing this podcast over the last few months. Let's see if we can do it right now. So I hopped up and I was like, I can't wear the same shirt I was wearing yesterday. So I threw on the Batman shirt. <laughs> and so the bat fan, the bat fanatic, it's spelled bat fan addict. Uh, yeah. B-f- BFA pod.com, uh, BFA pod.com. And again, th- the link for this will be in the show notes as well. So that is about your love of Batman, and you interview p- people specifically about Batman. But a lot of the times, it's just you and your f- and a co-host, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, it's actually a, a reviews show, and so I went out to a convention. Um, I, I started the last few years getting really into Comic Con because I've always been obsessed with Batman, and you know my collection's grown and grown. And um, I started going to more conventions, and I went to san antonio texas to meet michael keaton and i was really excited about it and he gave uh like A, a Q&A panel there and um i recorded it on my phone and it was like nobody had it because there was like no photos allowed no nothing whatever and i just i just had my phone sitting on my lap face down so you couldn't see it was on i was recording it and i was like man uh I keep doing these random Batman episodes of the Take 92 podcast. I'm like, and it just does not belong. And I hit up my friend, Evan, who was in The Illusionist. And I hit up my friend, Ben, from Dead Fucking Series. And, you know, those, those are probably my more comic-centric uh, friends. And I was like, yo, I'm sitting here in the airport. I have just listed off the top of my head 50 episodes that we could do if we reviewed a movie and then a comic. And then a movie, and then a comic, you know. And we all come from like different backgrounds on it, and so I think it could be really fun. I don't have to look for a guest every week; we just hang out, yeah, and talk about the shit we would have already been watching in our free time or reading anyway. And so it's been so much fun. And honestly, it's the only positive thing in my COVID life. It's the only thing where I actually get to uh forget my troubles and laugh with my friends it's been it's been great to uh be able to to do these virtual hangs kind of like i'm doing with you uh with ben and evan and and just uh crack jokes and geek out about some shit that doesn't fucking matter because boy do i need that right now right so it's really fun
0: well, Sammy, Sammy warm hands. Uh, you know, my neighbors are starting to get a little rowdy. I'm pretty sure they're going to start playing some country rap. So, uh, I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cut it at about the 45 minute mark. I really encourage anybody listening to check out Sammy warm hands, take com, the take 92 podcast, the bat fan addicts podcast, all of the links will be in the show notes. Uh, I'm going to put a link to the YouTube as well. I can't forget that. I'm going to write that down. So I don't forget that. But, uh, it's really cool that you know to have you on. And once this whole COVID thing passes and we can actually be close to each other, I'd like to have you in the studio and we can do kind of of you know an update on what you're up to because you're constantly putting out new material. Sure. So for anybody listening, follow also Sammy Warm Hands on Instagram and on Facebook, and I'll I'll tag those as well because that's where you'll find out all the new information. So we're gonna end this with a song. What, what did you want to say, real quick? Yeah, I
1: just wanted to uh, throw out that. I haven't promoted it at all because it came out on like the May 28th or 9th. Um, I dropped a, a new mixtape just kind of as a surprise. Um, I had, I've been working through this whole COVID thing, and, but I had a three-day weekend where I cranked out some stuff and I had a bunch of, uh, you know, a lot of times you record a feature for somebody and then they never put their record out ever. And so I took some of those good verses back and put them on my own shit, and so I had made this uh, sort of compilation of, of you know, B sides and and you know misappropriated features or whatever, right? And, uh, and uh, came up with this pretty cool record that I was uh, pretty proud of. It's called Fighting Words, and I dropped it on Take92.com, and then everyone saw that video of George Floyd, and I was like, I ain't promoting this, like fucking. <laughs> Let's 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 march. Let's donate. Let's share information, and and you know, and and do the right thing. And so I I have not promoted it at all um since the day it came out. So check out Fighting Words. Yeah, yeah. If so you this
0: is a good opportunity to rap. kind of plug that. So with the song that we chose is called Oxygen. So this is the song Oxygen from the from the album the mixtape Fighting Words. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what Oxygen, the inspiration for that track.
1: Um, you know, I had come up a really hard year but i was really positive i was in a really good state of mind um and it was sort of uh again i was reaching a breaking point and and um the 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 title oxygen comes from a line um where i'm talking to my dad in the hospital where I um I, t- I tell him just to focus on his oxygen um because my dad almost died my grandpa died in december and um and then my dad was hospitalized in critical condition for like six or seven days in january and um at the same time my stepdad was diagnosed with melanoma oh man and um and uh other problems that were at work and um you know just all these things had added up one after another and i felt like i just could not catch a break and so it's this verse that is very condensed version of a lot of hard things that i was going through pre-coronavirus and i hit up my friend skeptic again who's my booking agent um and he raps in the group double dragon and We've toured together a lot, and so we've had a lot of real personal conversations. And I was just like, hey, man, I, I've i said what I need to say, but I think you could add something to this. And he really brought his A game and dug deeper than I've ever heard before. So I, I was really proud of him, and I, I knew I made the right choice. And I think that we came up with something really cool.
0: So that's uh, so it's on the mixtape fighting words. The track is called Oxygen. It's Sammy Warm Hands. And then you said featuring Skeptic
1: yeah skeptic make, from double
0: I'll make, I'll make sure to get him on the on the credits so yeah so we're going to end it with the song sammy warm hands thank you very much for doing this on such short notice especially yeah, man. uh i'm i'm finally made it i know <laughs> you've been on the show before for like Brief. for like one minute i was testing yeah. out my phone capabilities which now i've actually just bought a mixer i know that you record the phone with your phone like you just use your phone you know just put put the microphone next to the iphone
1: i do so yeah
0: i was trying the iRig and some other different technology things but these zoom calls are actually really good for it too and i, I wonder but you know sometimes the 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 delay is is infuriating but anyway sammy warm- <laughs> yeah sammy warm hands this is really awesome so uh thanks again for doing this
1: yeah man thanks for having me me, all grown up, responsible now, tying the string on the back of my father's hospital gown, stepdad across town, melanoma on his skin, but we don't have to talk again, just focus on your oxygen, lost again, I contemplate the consequence, try to find the confidence that's caught in my esophagus, lost my grandpa, without time to process, the world kept spinning, then a month later, there's all this, missing Kathy, cause today's the anniversary, we're doing alright, it's been a minute since you've heard from me, and perfectly timed, With all the death and surgery, the thought of my cousin Hayden who shot himself occurred to me His brother Riley shipping off to the Marines, potentially risking his life enlisted overseas And then my first grade best friend was arrested for meth again I need a minute just to fucking catch my breath again
0: Great. I'm genuinely shocked I live to see my current age Always thought it would be my loss You'd have to mourn the fight Hasn't faded, But the glow is lukewarm Loss on a level like this Is just so new to me I wish I had the strength at the time To give a eulogy Would have been nice if the doctors had listened Paid some attention, maybe caught your condition But they didn't So now I go without a cousin And your daughter lost her father And I'm sick to my stomach forcing air into lungs Just to hear myself gasp This pain should be far beyond someone her age's grasp Now she's going through her teens, unsure how to react Lily, I just want you to know no, I have your back if there's ever anything in this life you feel you lack it won't be love I promise that